Hey, Kingsway Online. Uh, great to be spending some time with you again. Uh, hopefully you have the chance to, to watch this with someone else, or maybe you're in uh, one of the home churches or the small groups that are meeting together. Uh, we're grateful for that. This is a busy weekend for us. It's VBS week, uh, along with VBS weekend, and we're pretty excited about that. So if you're watching uh, this on Sunday morning, we happen to be out in the park in Jarvis, celebrating the goodness of God together as the Jarvis community. And uh, it's, it's just good to be able to do that and see, celebrate what God's done in the week through these, through these young people. Uh, hopefully you had a chance to, uh, to check out our, our, um, our YouTube channel this week. We had five baptisms last, uh, last weekend and oh man, their story is fantastic. Some of these young teenagers who are just coming alive to the Spirit of God and experiencing salvation for themselves and sharing their stories uh, really, really powerful. Thank you to Chris Stone for putting them up online. Well, there was one each day this week. Uh, by now, hopefully you've had the chance to watch all five. If not, worth going to check out. I've been at um, VBS all week. It's been a busy, busy week. And, you know, we've been talking about the armor of God with, uh, with all these little munchkins. And, and uh, oh, it's been great. But as, as we uh, preparing every day and teaching, I was reminded of a series we did at the, at the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020, uh, called Armor Up. And that's what we've been teaching these kids, uh, how to armor up. And we had this tagline from way back then. It went something like this, from now on, put that on. And maybe you said it, you know, maybe it went through your mind. Maybe you actually said it out loud wherever you're listening to this in your car or at home. From now on, put that on. And, and uh, that's a clever line. It's like, it's memorable. You can remember a year and a half later. Uh, but... As I was thinking about it, I began to just ponder where things were at in my life, really, when it came to being armored up. You know, from now on, have I been putting that on? And I wondered, I wonder if maybe you find yourself in the same place. I just want to encourage us this, uh, this evening or this morning, whatever it is for you. I just want to encourage us this evening here for... Um, from scripture. And if you didn't get a chance to, to listen to that series uh, because of technology, you can go back and watch the whole thing, listen to the whole thing on our podcast. You can find that all on our website. So let's just jump in though. Ephesians chapter six. If you, if you have your Bible, open them up. It's closer to the back. Ephesians chapter six is actually the end of a letter that Paul wrote to the Jesus followers in Ephesus. And uh, here's how he says, he's kind of closing and he says this, a final word or from now on, Verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Remain strong in Christ. Put on all of God's armor, he said, so you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. We have an enemy. He's strategically planning. He's coming after the church. He's coming after individual lives. He, has, he never gives up. And, and Paul's saying, be aware of that and be strong in the Lord. He says, verse 12, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Even though sometimes flesh and blood bothers you, there's, there's something spiritual going on that's much more powerful. He says, we're fighting against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world. We're fighting against mighty powers. We're in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Where does he say we're fighting these? And as, as I was preparing for this, this jumped out at me that these things are happening in this dark world. As we look around, man, as you, as you follow some of the stuff that's happening around our world, man, there's some, there's darkness at work in our, in our world. There's great good things happening, but there's, there's no denying that there's darkness at work. Um, Andrew Peterson wrote a worship song called Is He Worthy? Chris Tomlin has sung it. Uh, and he asked these questions in the, in the song. He's like, do you feel the world is broken? And the congregation responds, we do. He says, do you feel the shadows deepen? Like we do. 
What a depressing way to start a worship song. You know, do you feel like everything's getting worse, going to crap? Yeah, yeah we, we do. Well, then I love this third line. He's like, but do you know, but do you know that all that dark won't stop the light from shining through? Do you know that? And I just like, you know, that resounding, yes, we do. We know that that darkness will not stop the light from shining. And as we um, thought, about, thought about that, it was that idea of us continuing, continuing to be strong in him, in the light of the world, being the light of the world, allowing that to shine through. And the question that I had to ask myself, I just want to ask you as well, are you still armored up? Are you still armored up every day? Are you armored up today? You know, some famous stories of people who uh, were armored up but had some chinks in their armor. There's a famous story of Achilles. You know, the, I believe he's the Greek, you know, hero who his mom dipped him in a pool and, and whatever part of his body was in the pool of water would be protected. And so she held him by his heel and she dipped him in and he came out and he was invincible until, as the story goes, he got shot in the heel and bled to death. He was the, the Achilles heel is where we get the term. It was that one spot where he was vulnerable. You know, there's stories in scripture of it. There was the King Ahab who went out to battle and he didn't dress up as the king. He let somebody else take the front. He was just looked like every other normal soldier in the back. And it says somebody shot an arrow and the stray arrow went right between the, the joints of his armor. Just one random arrow hit that one random place, that one vulnerability, and it actually cost him his life. And you know, I think there's something at, when there's war, there's lives, there's casualties. And when Paul was writing to this, he, he, he used this um, war terminology of, man, you got to armor up because you're in a battle. And you know, he's not like saying, hey, you know, get your favorite comforter and your squishiest pillow and a nice cup of tea. And let's just watch and wait till Jesus comes back. He's like, man, you're in a battle. And if you don't realize it, if you don't fight, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. Here's what he says, Ephesians 6 verse 13. He paints the picture. So, because we're in a battle, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be standing firm. So stand your ground and put on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. And as I was reminded of these things, we were teaching the kids, you know, how to put on the belt of truth. And it's not a belt physically that you wear. It's something that, that happens in your mind. But it's this, this idea of focusing on truth because your enemy is the opposite of truth. Jesus described him as the father of lies, that, that his nature is a liar, and that's all he does. He's a deceiver. He's a deceiver. But you know, sometimes we play into his deception. We're reminded um, in James 1 verse 22, James actually writes to the believers, and he says to them, he says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, what you deceive yourself. You deceive yourself. We said, when, when you don't do, you fool you. When you read and don't do, or you hear and don't do, you fool or you deceive you. You know, that's, that's the, the ultimate deception is if you deceive yourself, but you're playing into the, to the, to the role of what the enemy does in our life. His whole thing is deceive. If he can't deceive you, or, or he'll try and get you to deceive you, even though you think you're doing something, you know, uh, as a follower of Jesus. Can I, can I just encourage you with this? As a follower of Jesus, he's calling you to follow. He's calling you to do, not just hear. So the question is, are you armored up with truth today? Are you truly armored up with truth today? You know, Ephesians 4 verse 14, Paul writes this. And, um, you know, it's, he writes this, this line. He says that we as Jesus followers, we'll no longer be influenced by lies that are so clever, they sound like the truth. 
He, he, he wants us to get to that spot where we know truth so well. It doesn't matter how cleverly crafted they are. We're not deceived by them. We're not deceived by them. You know, Paul was writing to, um, he was actually, in his letter to the Ephesians, he was encouraging the leaders of the church, the pastors, the elders, the, um, the apostles and teachers and, and prophets. He says, God puts you into the church so that you would equip believers to do the work of the ministry. And he says, you keep on doing that until this, verse 13. He says, this will continue, this, this teaching, this training, this equipping of believers will continue until we all come to such a unity in our faith and, and, and what? And the knowledge of God's Son. That that this would lead to you knowing Christ for yourself. And that we would, as a result, become mature in the Lord. And we would measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That we would know the, the truth. That we would know Jesus. You know, he said, I'm the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He's... Paul is saying, you need to know Christ. You need to know the truth of who he is so that you know what he sounds like. That you know what, what it looks like when God's at work on the planet. What does it look like? You know, this, uh, the other day I was coming into the house and uh, as I walked in, um, I'm walking down the hallway and, and my daughter Reese is sitting in the other room and she's like, Mom? And I continue walking and she's like, Link? I keep walking. She says, Reese? I'm like, hello? She's like, oh, hey, Dad. Do you know where mom is? <laughs> but it was that recognize, recognizing the voice. Sometimes we're looking around, we think, oh, we see all the steps that are going on. We think, oh, this must be God, or that must be God, or this must be. But he wants us to know his voice. That we so recognize his unction and his leading. That we are not deceived by things that sound so clever. So clever, sound so truthy, but they're not. Truth is, we actually live in a time where there are lies about truth. You're being told lies about truth itself right now. You know, the, the things that we, we hear in culture, there's no absolute truth. <laughs> there's no absolute truth. It's an absolute lie. But many people believe that. And that moves on to the next step where they're like, well, truth is subjective. You know, you can have your truth and I can have my truth. And they're willing to abandon the truth so that they can hold on to their truth, not realizing it isn't truth. And if it isn't truth, all it is is that it's a lie and it will lead to some dangerous stuff. You know, our culture calls evil good and calls what's good evil. And just, just bases that under, well, this is my, this is my truth. You know, the, whatever the majority says, well, that's true. But is it? We better have that thing going on in our life saying, no, I'm going to weigh everything out against absolute truth. Does it line up with the word of God? You know, the precept Bible studies, I was, uh, somebody had mentioned it to me the other day, that there's a plumb line on the, on the center of that thing. It's something carpenters use to measure, to make sure something is completely straight. That's that same idea that, that it would be, that our lives would be measured against the truth of his word. Because we live in a day, we live in a day where good and evil are so like, so misconstrued and misunderstood. And it seeps into the church. I saw this quote, I have no idea who said it, but it says this, first we overlook evil, then we permit evil. Well, then we legalize evil and then we promote evil. Then we celebrate evil. And finally, we persecute those who still call it evil. And that that progression that's happening all around us continues on unless people stand for truth. You know, Ephesians 4 verse 14. Here's what Paul writes to Ephesians. He says, we'll no longer be immature like children. We're not going to be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Why? Because we know the truth. We know Christ for ourselves. He says, we'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. 
But he says this in verse 15, instead, instead of being tricked into it, he says, we, we'll speak the truth and we'll speak it in love. We'll grow in every way more and more like Christ, who's the head of his body, the church. Paul's reminder is to me and to you, armor up with truth today. Armor up with truth. You know, this week I was encouraging some grads as I got to speak at their graduation. I was really honored to. And I'm reminding them in the, as their life lays ahead of them that they would be truth seekers. And that they would be truth speakers. That they would stand up for truth and that they would live truth. Live truth and live truthfully. And then I thought, you know, what about me? And what about you? Am I still seeking truth? Am I still speaking truth? Am I still standing up for truth? Am I still living truth? Because the challenge is to just go with the flow. When it gets difficult, ah, just go with what everyone else is doing. Just don't rock the boat. Go with the flow. But Paul said, from now on, put that on. <laughs> from now on, put on truth. There is no, there's no room for those times in our life to just say, ah, not today. Because it allows for a chink in the armor. Ephesians 6 verse 15. He carries on and says this, For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so you'll be fully prepared. I'm just going to list all these and we'll just hop back and chat about a few. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray. Pray in the spirit all the time. On every occasion. It doesn't matter what it is. Be, be in prayer. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And then you ask them, pray for me because I'm spreading the gospel. Pray for me. You know, as I was, yeah, even chatting with the kids this week, talking about being armored up with faith, taking up that shield of faith, that shield of confident trust in God, no matter what. Do you have that confident trust in God, no matter what? Because life throws curveballs all the time. There's all these things that happen in war uh, that the, and in, in our lives. It really is a spiritual war. These things that happen that just want to take you out and, and erode your confident trust in him. And Paul paints this picture for them. He's like, take up the shields. You know, the Roman shields, as you research uh, the, the Roman shields from that time period and before they were these, often made of wood, big, like a big door. They'd, they'd have some um, bronze around them, but, you know, to keep it light enough to carry, it was mostly wood. And what would they, they would find out is that enemies realized this and would shoot arrows that they had dipped in fire and shoot firing arrows at those, at those shields because they're bound to hit them and that they would, they would burst into flames or burn up. And the Romans would often dip strips of leather into water, and sometimes dip the whole shield into water, just to make sure that if that was the attack, they were ready for it, and that it would put out those fiery darts of the enemy. You know, as we think about that today, you know, we, we often miss the darts of the enemy. We don't, we don't recognize that, that he's firing um, fiery darts at our lives every single moment, because we don't see them. And Paul reminded us, we're not fighting in a flesh and blood war. Don't stop looking for things in the physical and recognize that they're coming in the spiritual and they're coming in our, in our lives. The enemy's our enemy. His darts in our lives are things like accusations against us, things like doubt, things like fear and above all lies, temptations. All of these battles are spiritual battles that happen right between the ears. That we'd be strong in heart, strong in mind, strong in faith. That we would be strong up here fighting that battle as it's, as it's happening. You know, armored up with the sword of the spirit, with the word of God. That uh, our mind and our hearts, but our mind especially would be saturated in the water of the word. 
That it's like, man, it's, we're ready for before it happens. It's not like, whoa, the, the dart hits us. And for so many, that th- this is what it looks like. The dart hits you and then it's like, oh, no, my life is burning up. I got to go find something. I got to find some hope. Maybe I'll pray. And Paul's like, listen, I'm telling you about ahead of time, armor up, soak that thing in, soak that shield in the word, have that confident trust in God so confidently that when those attacks come, you're, you're ready. Why? Our enemy never gives up. So neither can we. And he'll attack you in all these areas. And Paul touches on them with these other pieces of armor. You know, the fiery darts of accusation that come at you. Here's a shot of guilt. I know what you did last week. I know what you did last night. I know how you talked to that person. I know your past. You, you think God's forgiven you, but we both know shame, guilt, accusation, your past. You know what Paul would say? Put on that breastplate of righteousness. You better know. You better know and you better trust that you're right with God because of what Christ has done in you. And it's that idea of taking, saying, you know what? Romans chapter five, verse one says that I have been, that I've been redeemed by what Christ has done. It's by faith in Christ and what he's done. You know, there's temptations that come our way. Temptations that we can, you know, once we've been saved, we can behave our way into God's good graces or we can stay in God's good graces by our behavior. And we forget about the idea of serving Jesus. We just try and keep our, our own lives, you know, squeaky clean based on our own, <laughs> our own laws or our own um, morality codes. He's like, that, that's, not, that's not what this is. That, that, that just leads to this temptation to be self-righteous. And what happens if you're not wearing the righteousness of Christ? You're taking off the breastplate of his righteousness and laying it down and leaving your bare chested to say, there you go, I'm self-righteous. Guess, guess what gets hit? Guess what gets hit? Our, our righteousness is never enough. We, it's like laying down the real and putting on fake. You know, 2 Corinthians 5.21, Paul reminds them and us that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus alone. When guilt and when shame come your way, can you, do you have this thing ready? <laughs> no shame here. Shame off of me because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I cannot get any more right with God than I am because of Christ. You might toss whatever you want, but he took care of it. He took care of it, and I'm ready for it. You know, the fiery darts of doubt. You know, we see the account of Jesus walking on the water and, and calling Peter to walk on the water with him. Matthew wrote about it. John wrote about it. Mark wrote about it. Matthew 14, you can read about it. But here's this, here's this Peter walking through, through uh, this massive storm. Or the, you know, they, originally they're in the boat, and they just see this, what they think is a ghost, you know, the grim reaper coming for them. We're, we're going down. And, and all of a sudden, Jesus is like, don't be afraid, guys. It's me. And Peter's like, I don't know, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come out of the boat and I'll come walk into you on the water. Let's see if this is the real deal. He knows that's impossible. And Jesus is like, you know, come on, Peter, then. You you can trust me. Let's go. Come walk with me in the storm. Man, I just picture that. Peter just, like that hesitancy of like sticking his foot kind of over the side, like, is this for real? Like, and then taking that step of confident trust in Christ and beginning to walk on water, keeping his eyes on Jesus. He's like, it is you. It is you, master. And as he walks along, but every Sunday school kid knows how the story goes. What happens next? The waves, all of a sudden, the sides, is like they begin to get his attention. I can just see the darts, the doubts darts into his mind. Peter, you can't walk on water. And instead of Peter saying, Look at me. Of course I can. I am. You know, I might not be able to, but with Christ, all things are possible. <laughs> he begins to allow those dart, doubt darts to find room. And as he begins to focus on the waves and focus on the storm around him, his eyes get off Jesus and it says he begins to sink. What a 
picture for us of what it is like in this walk with Christ. That as our eyes get off of him, man, I, I see it all the time. We begin to sink. And I think that's why Paul says to the, the Ephesians, man, be armored up beforehand. Be ready that when those darts come, man, there's no fuel for them. There's no room for them in our life. Because storms, maybe it's your health, maybe it's financial, maybe you're worried about COVID, maybe you're worried about lockdowns. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but as those things fly in, they often cause us to doubt God's presence, to doubt God's goodness, to doubt his, his faithfulness. And Paul's like, man, armor up. Armor up. Know who you are in him. The writer to Hebrews reminds them and us that there's only one way to live this life in Christ. Beautiful portion of scripture. It follows the, the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11. He says this, therefore, because there's all these heroes of faith, and since we're surrounded by such a large, huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, to the life of trust in, God, in Christ, let's strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let's run. Let's run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And how do we do it? It's that reminder over and over. We do this. We run this race. We live this life one way. One way, the only way is by keeping our eyes on Jesus. He's the author. He's the finisher of our faith. He's the champion who initiates and perfects it. He's, it was the joy that was awaiting him that gave him the ability to endure the cross, disregarding the shame, and he see it the place of honor beside God's throne. It's, it's that reminder to me and to us again that our eyes would be on him. So question today, are your eyes on Jesus? And you might be in the storm of your life right now. Are your eyes on Jesus really? It's so easy, so easy for us to get them off. So easy to get our eyes on the news, the negatives, the narratives. You know, it's Jesus calling in, in, in that day and this day. Keep your eyes on me. Keep running the race that I've set before you. Stay armored up in faith. Keep your confident trust in me. It doesn't matter about the storm. We will walk through it together. We will walk through it together if you keep your eyes on me question, what kind of fiery darts of doubt have you allowed to enter in your mind? What kind of things have, has, has the enemy found some chinks in that armor and it's like, there they are. I know as I look at my life sometimes, I find that he found ways in even in my life. And maybe it's fears. What fears is, are, are finding their way in? You're like, oh, you're making decisions based on fear. I find myself there sometimes. What about the lies? What lies are you believing that he, uh, he throws in, can I tell you, he's going to throw all kinds at you. We're talking with the kids that was just saying, you know, there's this, these lies that you don't need God. <laughs> you, you know, you're, you're good enough on your own. And besides, he doesn't love you. Nobody loves you. Nobody really cares about you. You're just a burden. Can I tell you something? As you recognize and realize, you begin to armor up with scripture that just says, no, no, no. I lift up the shield that says, for God so loved the world, including me. Love me enough that he gave his son that I might have eternal life if I put my trust in him. Man, there's no other love than for a person to lay down their life for their friends. It's what Jesus said. And, and, and Paul wrote in Romans that he's restored our relationship and I'm called the friend of God. You can shoot those darts, but no, I already know on the inside, I have what it takes to extinguish those things. No, those lies have no place here. Maybe, you know, the lies are like this. You're ugly. <laughs> you ugly, you know, you, you, you're... You're not beautiful. You have work to do. You're a mistake. Oh, man. Those darts as they fly in, so many, you know, <laughs> the darts fly up from your waist scale at you. The darts fly out of the mirror at you as you look in that every morning. 
Man, those are lies. Lies from the enemy. How do I know if you would just pick up the shield? Ephesians 2.10, Paul reminds us that we are God's masterpiece. One of a kind masterpiece. You know what a masterpiece is? The Mona Lisa. It's like the, it is the, it is the, the very best piece of art. You know, he writes in Genesis 1.27, it just tells where we came from. We were created in the very image of God. You were created in his image. You think he's ugly? <laughs> Not a chance. You know, Psalm 139, he says, you were crafted in the womb. His fingerprints are all over your life. Did you know that God doesn't make junk? He doesn't make junk. So, you know, you're not some throwaway thing from Walmart. Stop letting the enemy tell you you are. You are valuable and you are loved because of whose you are. Don't allow those, those darts. You know, a third one, you're, you're all alone. <laughs> you're alone. You're alone in what you believe or you're alone in this world or you're, you're alone as you watch on TV. Nope, nobody really cares. But you know what? All through scripture over and over and over, God promises his people and Jesus promises his followers that you are never alone. I am with you always. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. When we think about that fear, the darts of fear don't really have too much of a place, but boy, did they ever try. Fear of the future, fear of the uncertainties of life. You know, Paul reminds Timothy, God didn't give you that. Timothy, you know, like lift up that shield of faith, that confident trust in God because he gave you a spirit of love and a spirit of power and in his sound mind, you just need to lift up that shield. It doesn't happen automatically. And this is what I have to remind myself of. Yes, he's given that to me, but it doesn't just automatically happen. It is that reminder of take it up. <laughs> take up that shield and be ready. Be, be ready. Quench those darts. Starve out that fire. Don't allow them to have any place in your mind. You know, Martin Luther said it this way, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making nests in your hair. We can't stop all the thoughts that come into our minds, but you can for sure stop yourself from dwelling on them. And you can instead dwell on truth. And then finally, there's those fiery darts of temptation. <laughs> he never gives up trying to send one of those in on you. Those sneaky little darts that enter your mind because they actually look appealing and a they, there's something to them that you're like, ah, yeah, I, I kind of I want, I, I want just a little bit of that. You know, just a little bit of it's okay. Not realizing that tiny little pinprick is just loaded, loaded with fire that will burn and burn and burn as much as it can take. It never satisfies. You know, the, the, the reminder is that there's, those are the empty promises that come flying your way. You know, what are those? Temptations to trust in people rather than in God. To trust in some experts rather than to trust the God of the universe. There's these temptations that come your way. There's temptations to follow your heart because that's what everybody tells you to do. Not realizing your heart is deceitfully wicked and will lead you into incredibly bad things. Unless you, your heart follows Christ. The temptation to follow your heart instead of following Christ is just in there. Tempted to sin, you know, just, just, just a little Tempted to compromise just, just a little. The truth about sin is this. The truth about compromise is this. Sin will take you further than you want to go. And it's going to keep you longer than you want to stay. And it's going to cost you more than you want to pay. Let me say that again. Sin will take you further than you want to go. It's going to keep you longer than you want to stay. And it's going to cost you more than you want to pay. And it all starts with that tiny little pinprick of temptation. And he, Jesus has said, like, <laughs> his truth on the inside of you is reminding you, 
He wrote to the Corinthians, there's no temptation that comes your way that isn't common to all men. Isn't that just not unique to you? He says, God always makes a way of escape that you might be able to bear. He's like, these things might be coming at you, but there's ways out. Just look for it. Will you take that way out? And maybe you're tempted to believe. Maybe you've bought into the lie that you're like, you know, I can't do it. I can't. I'm just too weak. You know, this addiction has got me or whatever it is. I, I can't beat this thing. I can't do it anymore. Part of the problem might be that you're like, the word I is in that sentence way too many times. But as a Jesus follower surrendered to him, Paul reminds us in Romans that sin is not your master anymore. You do not need to obey it once you've decided to obey Christ. And it's simply that. Who you obey becomes your master. So just start being obedient to Jesus. Just keeping your eyes on him. Like he said earlier, as you begin to obey him, man, it just loses all of that power over your life. Why? Because Jesus said, who the Son sets free is free. You really are free to just simply live in that freedom. And maybe you need to be reminded of that again. Would you take up that shield? Would you take up that confident trust in who he is? Are you armored up? Are you armored up with truth? Are you holding up the shield of faith? Do you know the word of God? Is your mind saturated in it? And just as we close today, I want to just leave with this thought. Because I think it's important for us to consider this final one that, you know, you're not the only person in the battle. I know the enemy always wants to say that, you're, you know, you're the only one going through this, but you're not. You're not the only one in the battle. There's people all around you, brothers and sisters, going through the battles of their lives as well. There's also people around you that are going through battles and they don't even know. They don't even know there's hope. They don't even know there's freedom. They don't even know there's victory. Ephesians 6.15, Paul started with this. For shoes, put on, the, put on the peace that comes from the good news so you'll be fully prepared. Or put on the good news shoes of the gospel. Prepare yourself by putting that on. I love that thought. Put on the shoes of the good news. Be prepared to share the good news of what God has done for you and for the world. You know, there's all kinds of bad news around. You don't have to look real hard to find it. People are craving good news. But have you, as a Jesus follower, prepared yourself to share it? You know, have you thought about what is the good news and how do I share that with someone else? Or have you just thought, no, that, that's a pastor's job or whatever. Guess what? It's not. Paul at the beginning said, pastors, teachers, elders, equip the body of Christ to do the work of the ministry, to do God's work, to be able to share these things. So are you armored up with the good news? Do you know how to share it? Let me give you one real quick thing. It's as simple as ABC. We teach it with our kids. A simply means admit. Admit that you're a sinner. Admit to God that you're a sinner in need of a savior. B simply stands for believe. Believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he rose from the dead, believe that he is the Savior. And then finally, see, confess that he, Christ Jesus, is your Lord and your Master. That I'm not living for me anymore, I'm living for him. And if people were to ask, you know, or uh, if you had to get a chance to share your story with somebody, or maybe give them the opportunity to follow Christ, it comes with these three things. Admit, believe, confess. How do we know? That's what Paul writes to the Romans. He told them in Romans uh, 10, verse uh, 9 and 10, but... Maybe I'll leave you with this thought because maybe you're watching today and as you hear this, you've got, you know, you realize deep down inside you're, you're broken. You know, you kind of do the church thing, but, but you didn't really understand it. Maybe you watch some of the testimonies like, yeah, I kinda, I'm kind of like those, the, the way they were before. And maybe you're trying to fix your life, but you realize, man, I, I'm not enough. I can't fix me. There's something, there's, I just don't have it. I just don't have it. And maybe if you think about God, you're like, mm, I kind of hope there isn't a God because I don't know what he'd think of me. I, don't, I know if, if, he's a, if there's a God and he's perfect, I do not measure up to his standard at all. 
Maybe you've experienced the consequences of sin and found, man, the, the things that have died in your life as a result. Or maybe for you, there's just an emptiness inside. You're just like, I don't know how to describe it, but there's something missing inside of me. Can I tell you something? There's only one way to fix this. There's only one way to fill this. You can chase everything around in the world. You'll never find it until you look to Christ, until you look to the one who created you, the one who made you, who left that, that, that void on the inside that would cause you to search for him, to reach out for him. And when you reach out for a savior, he grabs you and pulls you out of that old life and says, I will give you a second chance. You will be born again. The chance to live, to live anew, alive on the inside, that you'd hear his voice, that you'd have a relationship with him, that you would know the God of the universe. I encourage you today with this thought that it simply takes one thing. It takes this word called repentance. Repentance is simply changing your mind, changing the way you think. Realizing, man, I was going in this direction. This is the way I was headed. I was looking to everything that was going to try and bring me happiness. And you know what? I'm changing my mind. God, I'm just going to, I'm going to follow you. God, that old life, I don't want it anymore. I I want new. God, if, if you can forgive me, I'll take your forgiveness And I'll follow you for the rest of my life. And then I would encourage you to actually follow him. Because for far too long, there's been too many people sitting in churches who never actually decided they were going to follow Jesus. There was no obedience to Christ. It was just like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I like going to that church. But he's calling for our obedience. And believe me, the only hope that we have of joy and hope and love and eternal life is in that following, believing, trusting in him and obeying him as our Savior and Lord. Are you armored up? Are you armored up? I pray tonight, as we share these things, that Holy Spirit's voice would just prick in your conscience and in your heart the things that you needed to hear. And then just allow him to do his work in you. Simply say, God, here's my heart. I I hear you talking to me. God, what, what do you want to do? And he will lead you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your spirit that makes your word alive to us. God, we stand in awe of who you are, how amazing you are. The fact that you created all of this for us, for our enjoyment, for our lives, it's incredible. But God, we look past all of that to you because you are more incredible, more amazing. The fact that you would love us when we turned our backs on you is it's just beautiful grace. And I'm grateful for it. Holy Spirit, I pray to today. Wherever anyone is that's listening to these words, may they hear your voice, I pray. May they hear your voice. God, may they have courage to obey. May their lives be changed powerfully for your kingdom and for their good. I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we want to end with a few uh, questions just to give you a chance to dig a little deeper and allow Holy Spirit maybe to dig a little deeper in your heart. So number one, we always ask, what jumped out at you today? What just sort of jumped out at you from the talk? And as you go kind of around or chatting with others, maybe here's the questions. Have you been living armored up today? Really? If you have to ask yourself, have I been living armored up? Have I been trusting God completely no matter what's going on? Have I been putting truth into my heart? Have I been wielding the sword of of truth? Have I allowed the belt of truth to filter the things in my life that, that are true and not true? Am I armored up? Third, do you notice any chinks in your armor? As we were talking today, did you see like, uh, yeah, there's some lies, there's some doubt, there's some accusation that I've allowed in. And then finally, are you able to share the gospel if someone asked you? Do you know the ABCs of the good news? 
And if not, just rewind the video and listen to it and listen to it and listen to it until it gets to that spot where you're like, yes. <laughs> I, can share, I can share the simple steps of what it takes for someone to become a follower of Jesus. And our world needs it right now. So go, armor up, share the good news. Until I see you next time, know that you're loved. And <laughs> oh, I'm excited to see what he does through your lives. Have a fantastic week.